From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. From Snakes and Lattes, Toronto's premier board game cafe, this is the Snakes Cast, a weekly podcast where the game gurus of Snakes and Lattes discuss what it is about games that make them worth playing. With your host, Jonathan Moriarty. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me once again this week are my good friend and Origins Award-winning game designer Eric M. Lang. Hello. And the head of our gaming department, Colin Young. Hello. And well, in our fourth episode, we talked about something called Euro games, European-style games. But uh, there's another distinctly different style of game design that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, sort of different school of game design, if you wish. One that kind of came into its prominence as in direct opposition to European-style games. This was back in 2006 when Euro games were ascendant. They were getting all the highest rankings on the snooty board game review sites and all the attention in the hobby. And some people who liked uh, a sort of an older, more American style of games, stuff like uh, uh, Risk or Axis and Allies or Space Hulk, uh, they were getting a little bit sick of that and decided to reclaim a word that had once sort of loosely been used to refer to stuff like Monopoly or Candyland or Yahtzee or things that were looked down upon uh, with uh, great snooty elitist contempt and, uh, and make it sort of make it their own. So uh, the word Ameritrash came into being and, uh, and, and at least came into prominence. And my question, guys, is why on earth would a group of people who want to champion a particular style of game call their favorite style of game trash? What the heck were they thinking? Well, think of it this way. Uh, those of us who really, really enjoy the genre and have heard it denigrated for so long, some, some of us have thought of it as reclaiming the term for our own mm -hmm. and wear it proudly. Does that work? Works for me. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to be clear, um, there are two, when, we, when speaking in uh, colloquial to my friends, like we would refer to it as Ameritrash any time of the year, speaking professionally on a uh, like, if, if we were ever covered by the news, I would never call it Ameritrash. I would call it American thematic gaming. I see, but it's okay to call it Ameritrash on the Snakes cast because we're all friends here. Hell yeah! So, what, uh, Colin, what does Ameritrash mean to you? I have to, I have to defer at least. So Ameritrash is when you get to roll a bunch of dice and kick something in the face. I wanted to say that more nicely, but that's it. Like, that's, that's, if I get to a whole bunch of dice, or I get a whole bunch of units on the board, and I get to make someone suffer at the table. <laughs> Ameritrash! And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It, uh, it, it, there is no nice way to put it, because these are not nice games. They're not there to be nice. <laughs> oh, balderdash. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... What does Ameritrash mean to you, Eric? So, at the end of... I like all kinds of games, of course. Um, but, uh, at the end of, at the end of a... a, a an abstract game of skill. You, at the, when the game is over, you would, you feel like you would like to shake the hand of your opponent and say, "That was very well played, very, very jolly yes, good, very, very clever, good, jolly, jolly good, good show. show, jolly good show." At the, uh, I have a little clip here that I like to play. At the, at the end of playing an Ameritrash game, this is what I want to hear. That was totally wicked. <laughs> yes. So, that's yes. on some level. That's on some level, we still we embrace our inner 13, 15 year old. <laughs> and like games are games are a type of fantasy for many of us, right? Uh, they are um, they are immersions, they are immersive, they are teleport uh, teleported, they take you away, they make you part of an experience that is more than moving plastic and stuff on a board. Um, Ameritrash is about 
uh, the best Ameritrash games are games that pull you in, that suck you in, that make you part of that experience. Make you really when, invested. When you get out of it, you're, you are emotionally, uh, well, you could be emotionally drained, but usually, <laughs> uh, or emotionally fulfilled, win or lose. And uh, one of the other things, too, that, that happens a lot is theme. This is one of the other things that happened a lot. These European-style games that were very big uh, tend to have the grumpy guy on the cover. Uh, they tend to be involved trading spices in the Mediterranean and building cathedrals so you can impress the king. Whereas Ameritrash type of games tend to involve ninjas and dinosaurs and robots and... Ridiculously proportioned... Space marines and great big frickin' guns. Lots and lots and lots and lots of guns. Alright, so what are the advantages of American-style game design compared to others? Yes. Okay, <laughs> understood. But in the actual game itself, as opposed to the feeling afterwards. I mean, like, uh, Colin, So, um, the advantages of American-style games is something that um, I've appropriated, actually, from uh, Wizards of the Coast design, which is called Resonance. Okay. Um, something, um, when you play an Ameritrash game, it's... Uh, you, it, is, usually it is thematically resonant enough to you that you can understand a fair enough amount of how the game plays without needing to know the rules. Just because you understand, like, this is a, this is a game about firefighters, say, uh, well, or, or, or firefighters or fire starters, <laughs> depending on which game you're playing. Or this is a game about Godzilla crushing Tokyo. You have a pretty good idea of what the general play of that game is going to be. Right? You, it's... Um, as opposed to this is a game about impressing the emperor with, uh, by building the biggest castle. You kind of have to explain all the mechanics. You have to explain all, all the rules. Right. In yeah. something like Puerto Rico, whereas uh, something like Axis and Allies, when I say, okay, well, two, two of your guys die, you say, oh, well, it means I just take them off the board. And right. I don't even, you don't even need me to tell you that if all of your guys are gone, the battle's over and you've lost. Exactly. Um, and the, um, there's a, because they're a little bit more tightly integrated with their theme and, um, and because they're more visceral, um, there's there is a more of an emotional connection uh, to your pieces. Like if I'm playing a, if I'm playing a game where I, I have a bunch of guys and they can and your actions can take my guys away, uh, a good game will have you attached to those guys. And the drama of will my guys live or will they not is unparalleled to uh, another game. That's true. It's not something that tends to happen in Euro style games. Once you have something mm -hmm. in a Euro game, it's yours. Whereas uh, in, in in the American school of game design. There is nothing you can possess that the other players can't take away from you. Uh, Colin, what do you look forward to in, uh, when you're setting up uh, an, an Ameritrash game? What's, what are some elements of it that you're keen on? Uh, well, if it's a Snakes game and I'm trying to pitch it, clearly I want something that has a finite amount of bits. I know Ameritrash <laughs> often has an overabundance, but I want well, not, something... Not exclusively. There's plenty of Euro games out there. I mean, Puerto yeah. Rico is a massive, massive yeah. number of bits. That's true. Uh, I like a game... Uh, that has, as Eric was talking about, that strong tie. Like the the theme itself is going to be the one of the major reasons I buy it, or at least I'm drawn to it. And then the mechanic, the execution, should be what cements this as a strong game. So yeah, I think we need to do an episode about that. Actually, tying mechanics and theme together. That's uh, that might actually be. That's also a brilliant idea. So, what are some of the drawbacks of American style game design? What are some problems, Colin? When you're when you're introducing an American style game, what what do you tend to run into that uh, that sometimes makes this not so appropriate for some groups? Uh, biggest problem right off the gate uh, is the player elimination. Uh, if someone has an issue with 
uh, getting knocked off the board. That's that's a major mechanic issue. It is kind of uh, something you don't see in Euro games at all. It's uh, in games like Monopoly or Risk. It is possible to actually get eliminated from the game, so you are out. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I'd like to sort of interject here and say that uh, one of the games that won a Snakey last year, King of Tokyo, features player elimination. Absolutely. It's true. Uh, it's so it's not it's not a 100% all the time, uh, but again, a game like King of Tokyo is, has a very quick setup and has quick play. So there absolutely. are ways to mitigate those mechanics. For sure. Play. I mean, it's uh, when you, if, if you get eliminated in King of Tokyo, odds are the game's got less than five minutes left to go before it's over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So are there any other drawbacks to uh, to American style game design? Well, a lot of uh, so it's yes, it's it's the other. Uh, it's the other edge of the same sword that I was uh, praising it before, mm-hmm. right? It's the um, your attachment to your uh, your attachment to your little dude mans who are going to uh, who may or may not be killed. Um, that's a, a lot of people don't want that type of stress in games. Um, there 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 is something to be said for just being able to sit down and play mind to mind and not worry about uh, and just be able to build, be able to play purely constructively. Um, American games don't always feature killing or, or things blowing up, but they usually feature some kind of destructive element, uh, and the, um, and that's that's too much for some people. And even even I don't want to play that all the time. Sometimes I just want to sit down and build stuff, out strategize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are games where uh, if you get that investment and and you win that game, that's amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. But as soon as you have those taken away and you lose that game after all that planning and strategizing, <laughs> then that's the worst game you've ever played. <laughs> so, all right, uh, elephant in the room time. Um, is Ameritrash a boys-only genre? I wish I had a, f- a female co-presenter with me today for this. But uh, it is certainly... I have noticed that uh, recommending these sorts of games, a lot of women really do kind of recoil from this style of game. Is that an issue? And does it have to be an issue? Again, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this sometime when I've got female co-hosts. But just initial thoughts, guys. I think it is an issue. Yeah. Um, I, don't, um, I think it... I strongly feel it should, doesn't have to be an issue. So, like, American... Uh, American style games are not, I wouldn't say they're a boys style game, but they are a testosterone style game. And of course, mm-hmm. testosterone is not limited to guys. Nope. <laughs> I've played, uh, I generally, I don't think of games, I try not to think of games in terms of gender. When I build a game, I try to build a game that's fun. And uh, a certain type of high testosterone fun should be, should be gender blind. Mm-hmm. The problem with a lot of uh, what we have with American style game is presentation. Um, and it's, it, very sadly, it's present, presented in ways that are sometimes exploitative, sometimes very sexist, um, and that doesn't have to be. You absolutely don't have to do that. Like, Godzilla is a gender-neutral gender genre. For sure. Yeah, King like, of Tokyo is something that's, uh, that's been, it's, it's a classic Ameritrash, exactly. but it really does have great appeal across both genders I've seen. Right. Sure. So the, we get into problems when people put, you know, on, you know, half-naked women on the cover, or, but that are just, ex- <sighs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, and even then, it's just, it's, when it's done exploitatively, or when it's done uh, without regard for the theme at all. I, I agree, but I do think that at this point, it's not always enough to say that we're looking for something that's completely gender inclusive, but to promote not simply passive uh, you know, gender blindness so much mm-hmm. as active non-sexism. This idea that you need to create more female-centric Something that, that invites women to play, say, Absolutely. yes, you are invited to play this game and enjoy it and feel awesome a smashing greater effort, stuff. A greater effort should be taken by either 
the marketers, or I don't know if it's a, a design issue, Mostly so much the as publishers. the marketers, the publisher, to yeah. actually craft something that is directly inviting to that group of people, because yes, it's a massive demographic, and historically it hasn't been in the industry, but we tend to have 55 to 60% of our clientele in Snakes and Lattes, which is a board game cafe, mm -hmm. as female players. Absolutely. Well, one of the strong points, the strongest points, I think, about American style games is that they're very empowering. They feel very empowering. You are playing, you have got, you've got little dude men's, dude women's, right, that are, that are strong, that are way, that can do awesome things that you could never do. We should make an absolute effort to make sure that if these are your avatars in the game, we should make sure that they are, they're something that guys want to be, and they're also something that girls want to be. This is a right. very big issue. We're going to need to uh, let you definitely expand this to a full episode and with some women representing well. Thank you for your initial thoughts, guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Ameritrash has been evolving lately to incorporate elements of Euro design. Just as we talked about in the Euro Games episode, uh, a lot of European style games are beginning to incorporate more and more of the American style design into them. Uh, Eric, you're very much at the forefront of this movement uh, in the design of incorporating Euro elements into American style games. How did you get started with that? Well, so I've been always been a fan of Euro games, mm -hmm. um, I, but to my, um, to my, uh, in my opinion, Euro games are not necessarily a specific type of game. It's more discipline. The uh, the thing that makes Euro games so strong is that they tend to try to simplify as much, make, make, get to the fun as fast as you can using the least amount of rules overhead you can, least amount of downtime you can. Something we discussed before. Mm -hmm. I just take those, I take those discipline and apply it to rich thematic games with the potential for destructive elements or violent elements, which is, that's, that's kind of where I live. I love those kind of games. But those building games, like King of Tokyo is a great example. I like that. Um, uh, it's, it's, it has a lot of Euro, I think it's a Euro-American hybrid because it's very, it's quick. It's, uh, it's got, uh, got great quick turns. Uh, it is uh, very, very economical in its rules, but it's full of exceptions, it's dripping with theme. That's yeah. awesome. Your uh, Chaos in the Old World was a game that was actually sort of lauded as being that the, the term Euro Trash was used to describe it because it's very much a Euro style game in the service of a game where you get to pound other people's faces in. Um, no matter what I do, I'm just trash. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, Colin, have you got any hybrids that you're very into? Um, one of my favorite games of all time is the uh, Game of Thrones mm. board game. Uh, it is still a war game, uh, but you have a finite amount of resources, you're moving around a board, there's uh, minimal downtime because everyone's activating things at once, that people are in constant conflict with reasonably short turns uh, as, as far as a war game goes. But there's still the theme, and most importantly for my opinion of a good Ameritrash, there's this direct psychological impact where you are playing with these pieces to mess with the pieces of other players. Conflict. Absolutely. Lots conflict. and lots of conflict. And you're immersed in Game of Thrones. You feel like one of the greater houses Absolutely. in Game of Thrones. Right? Absolutely. It takes you there. So well, with the increasing hybridization that we're seeing on both sides, Ameritrash games getting more Euro, Euro games getting more American style, uh, is it ever going to get to a point, do you think, where the labels won't matter anymore? Yeah, I think it's... I think it's far more important to think about the mechanics and to think about when a game comes out where the mechanics at play 
friends and, and become more of the sum of their parts. I think the label is not as important as how much fun a game can be. Hmm. I, I do look forward to a point of, uh, where the where the middle to upper end of the market like doesn't think of games as Euro games or American games. They think of them in terms of fun or not, thematic or not, uh, slow or not, fast or not. Um, because the, it's... The, but at the end of the day, like the designers, we're always going to care, right? To some degree, we're always going to care. But at the end of the day, what I want is uh, if somebody... I want somebody to say at the end of the game, That's my genre. <laughs> Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Now you have an idea. If anybody's ever talking about the difference between Euro games and Ameritrash, now you know what they're talking about. Thank you for listening. I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Eric Lang and Colin Young. Game on. Game on. Totally wicked. <laughs> and thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakes cast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.